only thing that's really is me. Bless her. Bless her. Stand tall, do it all, nigga. Do it all, nigga. Yeah. Fuck it. Going back in, nigga. Yeah. You were tuned into the Cooley and the Gang Show on Blockworks Radio. You better believe me that I got my cash up. Better step my grind up. Better step my. Bless, I step my rest up. I'm blessed with Montana. Rapping for Decatur, 10 minutes from Atlanta. Fresh up out the slammer. Now I'm going stupid hard. Meet you on my mind, cause you know that's who I do it for. Shout out my hood star, but I can be your superstar. You see me in this Chevy, baby, wish upon a shooting star. Old school like a shooting star. Call that shit my groupie car. Pull up on your bitch and turn your bitch into a groupie bra. Flying down to 85, doing a book. You won't be shot at one eighty five. Who you think is really me? Think I might line them up if I ain't had that kind of tongue. I wouldn't be my mama's son. Older women love to kill them, grinding till my time is up. Now I hear my mama friends say, Oh shit, they go tie the sun. Bless her on the private son. Like a Friday at the noon, I packed the two to help me out. Just call that shit my shack room. I'm with the kids and the You were too good to the coolie and the gang show on Blockworks Radio. See why I got a lot for certified trail niggas. Why I got a lot for never go against the family. Never go against the family. Yes, yes, yes. Cooley in the gang show 814 2020. We are here. That was Bless Montana, Tanja's son. Shout out to Bless. Uh, that was nice. Huh? That was nice. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Bless. Um, so working some things out with him. A little uh, nepotism. That's my nephew, but he does his thing thing. Uh, Going to set some things up. We have him on the show. Uh, shout him out, definitely. Uh, he's been working hard for years. Um, and another shout out, because I've been getting a lot of good feedback from last week. Shout out again to Jiffy Piff. Jiggy Piff. <laughs> I said Jiffy. <laughs> hey, man, man. Uh, shout him out again. Uh that, that was a dope show last week. A lot of people have been reaching out saying how much they like him. Um, yeah, shout him out. Last Supper is out now. Please make sure you go um, and stream that, download it, whatever you have to do on all streaming platforms, Last Supper. Uh, what's up, Mike? Uh, we appreciate the love. Shout out Mike Norton. Good Yo, I told you. I told you I downloaded the album. Yo, see, y'all got iPhones. Y'all got to go through a whole bunch of bullshit to download stuff. No, I download no, stuff for free. But hold on, I paid for his. So I'm telling you, the joint gotta be good. I paid for it. Yeah, if you paid for it, I know that shit. Because <laughs> you know our people, we some. I'm still trying to figure out Who's how to uh, play Hall of Nights. Who's our people? Colors, you know how we roll. I don't know that don't about that. Don't take yourself out of our group. Welcome to the dark side. Uh, G won't be in, G is out. Tonight, shout out uh, Walter. He's getting married today. Uh, friend of the show and a good brother we went to school with. Um, Mac has some things to do, but um, NJ Rich is going to jump in and co-host with us. We also have Michelle Michelle Shellers coming on, co-organizer of Baltimore Ceasefire. She's going to be our guest tonight. She'll be on around 7.15. Uh, Ike will be on at 7. Want to welcome Ike back, but until then... Just the three of us. Ow. That's good. 
Yeah. It's always good. <laughs> it's our own personal uh, three-way. Hey, hey. May, may. I don't like the way it sounds, so <laughs> no. <laughs> Ain't no three-way hey, may, may over here. Yes, how about that? Oh, that was fun. Oh, was it? No. <laughs> and how uh, about this? Let's talk about it. I like how we had a whole storm last week, right? Yeah. And you could have let you could have let old boy get off and not even do that, and you had to put me on the spot. I mean, we we had we, and then, and then me and then we, <laughs> we just we just took it a couple extra steps further, you know. Yeah. You like, no, nah, I don't. I gotta hear what he got to say. I don't care. We gonna stay on here. You ain't had to do that. You, you did I it. I was being polite. I was being a good host. Oh, okay. That's what I was just being polite. You know, didn't want to cut the brother off mid sentence. I we needed to hear what he was gonna say. It could. It, it was going to be some groundbreaking shit. I knew it. And, <laughs> Not groundbreaking. Still didn't get an answer though. We still didn't get what we wanted out of it, so it didn't what did work. What? We what? wanted an answer. God dang it. What's the what, what was the question? Oh, hold on. Let you me know what the question. Let me, let me. Oh, I can replay this. I can replay the question. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, you heard it here, folks. Mayberry doesn't know what we're talking about. So, hey, yo, yeah, I sent you something um, a little while ago. Uh, You probably haven't looked at it yet, but it was an older guy. I don't know who he is because he it looks like he has a lot of followers and he referenced Atlanta, Chicago, and also Baltimore. And he was saying that. He basically is expressing his frustration at the fact that you don't really know how to, uh, he doesn't really know how to, or we don't really know how to um, address the youth today. So he was saying he got out of the car to pump some gas. And he said, when he looked up, it was a young guy just staring at him. He said, so it was kind of like a crazy situation. And he said, he spoke to him. And he said, next thing he know, the guy just jumped in his car, slammed his door and pulled off all fast, right? So he said, you know, it's a lot of people dying these days. It's a lot of females that are being killed these days. I don't know if if you're really paying attention to that that's happening, but females are dying as well. That That wasn't always the case. Now, I will agree with something that I don't know if it happened on this show or was said on this show or if I saw it. Oh, you know what? I saw it on something else. I do agree about the fact that we are assuming that it is men shooting females because you do know that females are carrying guns these days. Now, once upon a time, a female might have some mace or a little knife or you remember females used to get in a- It had to be a little knife. It couldn't just have been a knife. It had to have been a little knife. (laughs) They ain't really carry. It wasn't really. Well, I'll tell you in my experiences with with uh females they have had like little knot knives uh box cutters maybe a razor blade something like that but never really a glock guns no no you never really saw that happen now i know a few that did but they were older but then on the on the flip side of things we are older too now so Mm -hmm. the things that we used to do or the things that we used to see now that generation has grown up and watched us do a lot of these things. So they are filling in the filling in the gaps, because if you think about it, the transition from our parents to us, to them, I mean, I guess it's only natural that 
that eventually would happen anyway. And plus now we have a push, a more of a bigger push for females to protect themselves, to actually get weapons and, you know, be able to, to uh, uh, even the odds when the situation is, is not in your favor. But again, here we are, we have situations where people are being killed and like, I, I really don't know, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I really don't know what the answer is. I really don't know. And I and I feel what he was saying. <clears throat> like he really got real emotional about it because he like, like y'all just don't understand. Like the young guys just don't understand. The young ladies just don't understand. Like to them, what they're doing is something gangster or something to, to develop a, re a reputation. But like he said, most of these people that you see out here that's doing these things and they real tough in the street. He said, I done seen you guys in the street, in the, in the uh, prison system. He said, they take your shoes and they put you in protective custody. He said- Hurt, hurt people, you know, hurt people, you know? Yeah, he said, so I just don't understand why everybody has to be a gangster, why everybody has to be tough. And, <clears throat> you know, I'll add one more part to that. I don't care if you are black, white, or Spanish. If you see a group of people. If you, I made this analogy one time before. If you see a group of young guys, young black guys on one side of the street and a group of white guys on another side of the street, the only reason why you may stay on the side where the younger black guys are is because you might think about what's going on in the world today as far as white people are concerned. But it will cross your mind. It will cross your mind that I really don't want to walk past this group of black guys. It's going to, it's going to, something in you is going to say, damn, should I really go through this or should I go another way? The fact that you even have to think about it lets you know that there's a problem. Whether or not you change your route or do anything different, that's not the conversation. But the fact that it even comes up in your mind lets you know that there's an issue there. And, and I don't know what the answer is to that. That's like what we were talking about when we were the whole playground situation. Like you go up to the playground and it's, and it's a bunch of kids or a, a group at the playground. Yeah. Like yeah, same type 25 of year olds hanging out at the, the the monkey bars. Like, you know, they ain't out there having fun. Right. Hey, uh, uh, Mayberry, have you, have you ever had one of these little young girls push up on you and slap you or anything like that or? or... Act re reckless. Like, cause you are a female, so it would be, I know guys always try to holler, and then when you don't, they be like, oh, fuck you then, bitch. But what about females? Like, have you come across, like, the rough, rugged, like, are you serious, little lady? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> what happened? I think we got a poor connection. It's like, no, you, are you saying, have I been hit on by a girl? No, 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 I was joking about that. Like uh, the uh, the like he said like like guy like if we go to the playground as a bunch of guys but females are just as there are some just as hard as guys. like have you run into that group of females that that's like gangsters yeah uh, yeah so how do you approach it how do I approach what the the, the, the situation so for instance you have a young you have a a group of girls and they are being aggressive regardless of if they're trying to talk to you or if they are um, 
being disrespectful, however it goes. Or, you know, one thing that we try to ignore is vibes. Like, you're not stupid. We're not, we're not children. We can pick up on energy. We can tell when something is wrong mm-hmm. or something is a little bit off. Right. So when you pick up on that vibe, what is your immediate, what is your response? It doesn't matter if it's a group of girls or it's a group of guys. If I feel the energy is off, uh-huh. then I'm going to make an executive decision that I need to relocate. I need to get up. I need to move. I need to go somewhere else. I need to be aware of my surroundings or whatever. It really doesn't, to me, matter about your gender or anything. It's more so, do I feel uncomfortable? Are right. you being unruly? Are you being rowdy? Do Are you showing violent or, um, you know, criminal type behaviors? Then that's when I'm going to say, oh, okay, I need to step away from this situation because I don't want to be guilty by association. Or I got to protect myself and my family. So that's kind of how I would look at it. Okay. But after a while, after a while, you know, after a while, I start to feel bad because sometimes, like you said, it's just some some wannabes just playing tough and they really not. But I done already sized them up and categorized them as something else. Like, but and, in today's time, no Cooley, you got the ones that be trying fake or be the mm-hmm. ones that'll be real reckless because they feel like they really got to tough up and, and prove something. So mm-hmm. I can't take anything or anyone for granted because these little these little ninjas that got something to prove will be the ones that'll be real reckless and be try- they got one target and then they shooting up like five little kids and stuff because they being ridiculous. So I gotta pay attention. Everybody, everybody I, is a suspect. Everybody, all of use suspect. Well, we'll get to talk to uh, Michelle Shellers will be on later. And I hope I'm saying her name right, but she'll correct me. Um, she'll be on later. She's a co-organizer for Baltimore Ceasefire. Um, she'll be joining us a little bit later on. Um, right now, um, you have the professor who um, I keep always forgetting. You got to rename yourself because I'm not worried about that shit, man. I keep forgetting I do that shit. Uh, Mayberry's here and we are hanging out until... Um, What's next? So, uh, Mayberry, what, what you got good for us? You seem to have been uh, starting a lot of controversy lately. Why do, um, why do I have to be one starting a lot of people? Well, before I get into that, well, I'm going to wait until NJ Rich comes on. NJ Rich is going to come on and co-host with us I'm at about 630. I'm going to wait to ask him the question I was about. I'm going to wait next my next question until he comes on. But, Mayberry. What? My question, you will want you want people to actually be a part of. Glory okay well before you do that did y'all see that um the world the last blockbuster they turned into an airbnb the last blockbuster let me see if i can get the picture up the very oh, last blockbuster has been turned into a uh airbnb and it okay. looks slick like you know you can go in there if, if you love if you miss the 90s it's it's, your, it's the place to be for you if you don't really give a shit about the 90s then you ain't going to fail it. But uh, we no, got... You talk movie. about Blockbuster. You talk about the movie store. Blockbuster, the movie store. Gotcha. I, I am it. going to... Um, I got a picture I'm going to share with y'all. Okay. Yeah. Blockbuster, the movie store. Just one uh, one shot that I got that I can um, share real quick. But yeah, they turned it into a um, Airbnb. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Man, that's some nah. cool shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's something it's different. Right. It's definitely something different. I'll tell you. It I'm gonna tell like, you. It looks like COVID. <laughs> I ain't staying there. 
It actually looked like some Norman Bates shit to me. I mean, it looks a little dreary. Walk like, out one of the rooms in the back. Yeah, like somebody might come around the corner. On. But um, it looked like somebody need to blue light that that space. Yeah, it's it's supposed to have that nineties vibe, you know. It definitely that's got the nineties vibe. That's the Netflix and chill version mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. That's what it go was. Blockbuster. Blockbuster was what it was. You go to Blockbuster, y'all pick up a movie, go back to the house, you know. And don't even watch it. Don't even watch okay, it. Okay, next. So um <laughs> did y'all hear about the reboot? What's that? Well, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah. I saw a uh uh, Brandon sent me a trailer. Of, it was a that, that, is it off of the same trailer that young kid had made like for a film festival or something? But I think that weren't they talking about they were gonna make it more of a drama or something? Yeah, that yeah. trailer was the what I saw was yeah. up more like a drama. It was the trailer I saw, it was cool, but yeah, it didn't look bad. No, it, it definitely didn't look bad. But it, I'm so used to Fresh Prince being a comedy, like of course they mix some serious some serious moments in it, just like all shows the comedies did. But this is straight drama. This one was a straight drama, but I don't know. I think that they should leave certain things alone. It's so much, it's so much new, new things. There's so many ways to do newer stuff that you don't have to remake anything that was old. Even if you wanted to take the idea and kind of flip it a little bit and change it, shit. The the uh the broke pencil belt of Baltimore, that'll work. Shit. Oh, Prince of Prince Baltimore. Of Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, whatever. All of the shots Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Or rich and famous in Baltimore. You try whatever. to put it on the map. I got to respect that. I hear that. So pretty uh, much you can use the same thing, but just give it a different name and kind of use pieces of it, but just give it a different twist. Yeah, give it a little different twist. But <clears throat> I get it. A lot of these things are really about money. And this would be the perfect time for it to come out. And maybe that's what that whole stunt with Will and Jada was about. Who knows? Sometimes that's how people do things, to become relevant and then push something. 50 Cent did it for years. Yeah, People didn't really pay that shit no attention. Mm-hmm. But 50 Cent did that shit. In the beginning, I don't know if y'all remember that joint called Jack and for Beats. When y'all used everybody beat. I mean, um, not Jack. It was uh, uh, what is that? the art of getting robbed. I think it was the audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. to rob. Yeah. Yeah. But then he was doing everyone on everybody else's song. He was doing everybody else's song. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So same type of thing. Just become relevant and then put out an album or put out a movie or whatever the case might be. It, August did the same thing. He leveraged it too and put out his stuff. Smart move. Yeah. Everybody does it. The whole industry does it. Okay, so how y'all feel about six nine? Because we have not talked, spoken, we have not talked about it, and I and I didn't want to. I didn't. Even, I didn't even want to touch it. I didn't want to talk about him. I did not want to bring any sort of light to the oh, name. Oh, but never mind. Go ahead, boss. That that, ahead. that that re, that recent stunt with the with at Nipsey Hussle's mural and memorial, and like I'm just like yo, like if this was see this this was the '90s, like you couldn't get away with that. I want to push cricket so bad. You couldn't get away with this in the nineties. So, so how do y'all feel? I mean, it's a marketing move. He's getting paid. People like it. 30, 40 million views on YouTube. Cash in the bank for him. He's doing, he's doing what he's supposed to do for his brand. You remember years ago, 
people used to say that Busta Rhymes wasn't the best rapper, but he was an entertainer. He mm. said the same thing about Old Dirty Bastard. Wasn't the best rapper, but he was an entertainer. Six Nine is an entertainer. He makes club music that's catchy, and anybody who heard that new shit that he put out, I forgot what it's called, but whatever it's called, if you're trying to say that that shit not catchy, you're lying to yourself only because of who it is. Yo, the shit is funny and it's catchy. I don't care what nobody say. That shit is definitely funny as, a, as shit. But either way, my thing is, and I think I said this the, the last time we brought up 6 9 Do you hold him accountable? Do, do you believe that he's a part of the streets? Do you believe he's a street dude? No. No. Definitely not. I think that's the full consensus, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's not the street dude, if he's not a street dude, then why are you holding him accountable for street things? Why would you hold somebody's grandmother? He'll want to be. If you're going to sit up here and put on a uniform, then you need to participate in the festivities that come along with that uniform with your fake ass. Pop some shit. Okay. Okay. We can, we can kind of go with that. But at the same time, a person's grandmother lives on the block, right? The grandmother might smoke weed with the young guys. She might sit outside. And if people get a little crazy, she might even pull a pistol out. But guess what? If one of them young guys shoot at her and the police come and she tell her, she tell that the young guy pulled a gun on her or shot at her, is she a part of that? Is she a part of that criteria? Does she fit the bill? No, she no, does not. She's regular, she just a regular grandma. Then. She's just a regular, a regular citizen. So why are we holding him accountable as if he is a gangster or out of the streets? Because we already know he's a fucking clown. You already knew he was I a know, clown. I know. I know that. I know he's a clown. He knows he's a clown. He wants to be a thug. He wants to be a gangster. So guess what? Do you want to be all of that? Be all you can be, bruh, and deal with the consequences. I don't think it's going to be no consequences. Like, he gonna, he I'm not going to say that. He's going to live it is. It is going to be just because it might not be something that we know or we see or we hear of. You're going to deal with that. He's going to deal with it. Come on now. I don't know. We know better. I think that I think that um, I'll tell you this: if it goes another year and uh-huh. nothing comes out of it, then nothing will happen. But um, the fact that he has bodyguards doesn't prevent him from being hurt. That's well, I, that's uh, a misunderstanding. He got a, he got a minor militia. <laughs> he got a little militia. Yeah, it wouldn't even matter. It's not even, it, it wouldn't even matter. If somebody really wanted to, you do realize they killed Kennedy, right? You do you do realize. That was, that that, was government. That wasn't a couple of ninjas from around the way. It ain't got, that's my point. It don't it, have to be. Here's the thing. Come on, y'all. Let's get with it. You got security around you for the right, for the right price. Somebody dropped one of those nice stack in one of your securities pocket and say, just move a little to the left. Or, or leave that back door unlocked. Or leave just back door not unlocked. pay attention a little bit. Leave this unlocked. Mm-hmm. And they make a move. Yeah. That's how stuff happens. You, you don't have to really be that strategic. Money talks. Bullshit walks. We all know that. So all it takes is the right stack and the right hand. And somebody 
will flip on your ass real quick. That's all it is. Yeah. He's Jose loyal. Y'all playing out here. Well, I just hope he get to make enough money for his child. Put that in the trust fund so at least the child will hopefully do better and be rich. All right, on to something else because I don't like talking about bums. So let's talk about Nick Cannon. Did you see that? No. You don't know He's him? doing for like $1.2 billion yeah, or something? Oh, yeah, you got to shoot high. Yeah. yeah. Even if he gets $500 million out of that, he won. How you feel about that? Do you think that that's the approach he should be taking? Were y'all waiting for him to, to figure out if he was going to clap back for the Wild and Out brand? Uh, the professor always told me that as people of color, a lot of times we tend to let people get away with shit and not take the right roads to kind of seeing things through. So, yes, he's doing the right thing. He feels slighted. He feels wrong. I mean, your next in that world, the next moment, the next move is to take recourse in legal action. I let people get away with shit all the time. I got contracts and you got hoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. Have shit on me on the business tip, and I let them go. I ain't write no bad reviews or nothing. You ain't even bring his name up. I don't even bring their name up because you know. You don't want him to slap your brains out. That's <laughs> put his hands on me. You better do something. I ain't gonna tell you that. If I put their hands on me, you don't do nothing. I'm gonna whoop your ass. Okay, all right. Well, Boy, Nick, the, the Nick Cannon situation, I agree. He definitely should pursue it the right way. There is always a way to do things. I think that. So I was watching um, this little dispute that they're having online between, I think the guy's name is Jay Morrison and Tony the Closer. I think those are the two guys' names. They're both real estate agents or real estate investors. Mm -hmm. Tony the Closer is saying that Jay Morrison backed out of a uh, event that they were supposed to do. And he was supposed to give $100,000 out to the people that came to that event. Now, I don't know if he was going to give it to him in cash or if he was saying $100,000 out in information. But he backed out. Then Tony the Closer is saying that not only did he back out, but he stole all the money. He never gave the refunds or anything. So I happened to come across an interview that, was, that Jay Morrison did. And what he said was, Instead of doing all this back and forth, Instagram, he called it Instagram court because a lot of people hold Instagram court, right? And I like that. That was, that was a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. He said, instead of us doing that, he said, I got my lawyer involved. He said, because I didn't steal any money. He said, here's all the documents. He broke down all the numbers. And he said, in the end, I'm asking for us to just go to court. He said, now I'm suing him for the amount that is owed to me. He had all of the money. So anybody that was supposed to go out, he was supposed to send it out. I didn't steal anything. And I'm bringing all this up to say, he also said, we're not going to act like kids. We're not going to act like gangsters. He said, because ain't even one of us gangsters. We grown businessmen. We are grown businessmen. We got to handle this on a business professional level. He said, I invited him to my house so we could sit down and talk about the numbers to figure out how we can actually do this and get this, get this straightened out. He said he refused to come to my house. He wanted to make it seem like I was inviting, inviting him to my house so we could roll on the ground and fight. He said, man, I'm a grown man. He said, I'm not fighting. But even he with said, business, is... that's not a neutral. Like, I mean, 
we can meet somewhere. It ain't got to necessarily be at your house. Wherever, wherever, wherever they was going to meet. Right. So he just like, so I'm taking him to court. He said, I'm doing it this way. He said, because if this is how he wants to carry it, that's fine. I'll take him to court and I'm suing him for X number of dollars, right? So you have one person saying one thing and you have the other guy saying something different. And I'm bringing this back to the Nick Cannon situation. See, some people would rather Nick Cannon get on his pedestal and make a whole big scene, right? But at the end of the day, guess who wins when he does that? When he just just runs his mouth on TV or Instagram or whatever, the, the, the network wins. They win because they ain't had to put out no bread. Uh-huh. So now you got to tell them like, look, we're going to go ahead and go to court. When I'm a, you're going to pay me for my name. You're going to pay, pay me for my thoughts. I think they should. I agree. Like you got, you got to follow through. And that's been my pro- problem plenty of times. And I wish I would have followed through on a lot more things, but um, especially on, on a business level. Right. But I definitely haven't. Uh, welcome, NJ Rich, also known as Nick. Appreciate you jumping in with us, brother. Appreciate you. Oh, not a problem at all, fam. Let me know, and I'll do what I can. All right, we appreciate that. Uh, Mayberry didn't want to get into her her goodness until we had everybody on. Even Shannon just popped up. All right, Mayberry, get into your goodness. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. Yes, Shannon, coming to me with the natural. She giving me all her hair. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my baby. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so the question, the question was dating up. Well, dating up. Dating up to cheat down. <laughs> <laughs> so I've started there because that's kind of how how I had to piece it together. Is you date somebody because you have a certain standard. Hey, I want to date somebody who's career driven or educated, got a degree or whatever. So you, that's you dating up, but then you cheat with the girl that work at McDonald's <laughs> drop the prize. or you cheat with the cashier that work at Trader Joe's. So that was the conversation that, you know, me and a couple of people, we kind of get together, chop it up, you know, and it's interesting. So I always like bringing it to you guys to get your perspective because it was a very interesting conversation on why people do that. And I'm not just talking about men. I'm Women will have a certain standard, but then they cheat with the trainer, you know, that, that's their personal trainer. Or they go and they cheat with um, the pool boy or the cable guy. Just saying, you know, so go. <laughs> All right, you want me to go first? Sure, Professor. Yes, please. Go. Yes, yes, sir. Please. Yes, okay. Sir. First thing is, I think we have to look at the reason why they cheated. Most people cheat because they're lacking something in their relationship. If, if my thing is, can I can you pause for like two seconds? Go ahead. So, as a man, because this is this is what I heard a lot of. Mm-hmm. Men don't necessarily lack anything they just be wanting to try their arm a little bit or they didn't got a little attention or something and they because it's not emotional for them this is what i kept hearing it's not emotional for them women it is you got to really wonder why your your woman went out and cheated versus 
a man. So it's interesting hearing you say that when that was the kind of go-to answer for a lot of the, the male recipients. All right. So, so two things. First thing is, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, disrespecting anybody, but I want to clear something up. There's a difference between a man and a boy. That's number one. Hey. And the way men think and the way boys think. That's number one. Yeah. Number two. When um when a man when a man says that he cheated because he wanted to try his arm, if a man says something like that, what he's doing is he's ignoring the reality. The reality is attention. That's what that's what he just said. He just said to you that whatever attention that he's looking for, he's not getting it from his significant other. Because if he was getting that attention, whatever that is, then he would have no reason or no need to step out and do those things. Am I saying it's right? No, I'm not saying it's right. Because one thing that I've realized about people in general, our communication sucks, man. The way we, the way we deal with things, we can't communicate worth a damn. Um, Communication is learned. Right, right. Well, you're right. Um, I have a book called The Conversation with Hill Harper. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like Hill Harper because he happened to marry a white woman or deal with a white woman or something like that. And the whole book was about Black love. But he made a great point. And what he said was, men typically do not break up with their significant, with their significant others. What they do is they make their significant others feel so uncomfortable that the significant other leaves them. The funny part about that is, if you think about it, in most cases, men generally have don't leave women, right? Women in their mind think that they left a man. No, you didn't. The guy left you long time ago. That's why he was being an asshole. That's why he stepped out. He did all of those things because he wanted you to go ahead and say go. He didn't have enough balls to say, this is not working for me. Come with it, with the you, the kahunas, the balls, the what? He, what did he have? <laughs> he didn't have it, you know what I mean? But so that sounds kind of that sounds like a coward. You know what I'm saying? You know. Well, I think we all play cowards in some shape, form, or fashion. Things, and women are as, too. At some yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, we do. We play. We play the coward role for one reason or another. In our heart of hearts, we know what we really want, what we really would like from someone. And we don't really want to tell them like, yo, this don't make me feel good. See, or, I don't or, need somebody to tell me that. See, that's where, that's where it's like. But that goes back to the communication thing. I am a, I'd rather be direct. I don't like gray areas. I don't do. Yeah, but see, the last time I, I told you something, like the last time I said, mm, I don't really like them shoes. Then we had a two hour conversation about how, how that affected your feelings. I think that every person is wrong with my feet. and. I want my dude to say, no, nah, baby, I don't want them. I don't like those shoes. Why? Because when I come home, if the shoes is a distraction and we ain't setting it off in the bedroom, then I need to take them daggone shoes off. Like, I'd rather somebody be honest than to sit there and create a false narrative. Like, I don't like the gray areas. I don't want to guess what you're trying to tell me. I want to know what you what you want. Tell me or what you don't like. But people are very uncomfortable with that, even in the bedroom. Like, how many people can say that they are, they're not pleased by their partner in the bedroom confidently? 
But if we didn't got that far to where we in a relationship and like, first of all, if I wasn't pleasing you in the bedroom, that shit should have been not like we should have scrapped that in day one, week one. But maybe you maybe you started Hump off beating it out the frame and then all of a sudden, you know, now, you know. So let me let me let me say something about that. So I came across a video the other day and I posted something and I took it down. And, I, and they, NJ Rich, I think you liked it, but I think I took it down. It was a conversation that I watched of this man and this woman. The shit was so disheartening, man. I, I swear that it was. The woman said that for her to deal with a man, he has to make three times what she makes. That was what she said, right? And she said, if she deals with a guy that makes the same amount or less than her, she's going to talk down to him. That's what she said. And her reasoning was because men do it all the time, right? And she felt like she should be able to do it because she's in a position of power. So that led me to, to, to make a comment that has nothing to do with this part. But what I'm going to say is, I'm going to ask a question. And I'm just <laughs> going to ask the question. What's more important, money or love? Well, let me rephrase it because people don't want to say money. Security or love? And that'll answer the question about the sex. Because if a person is making you feel secure financially or within yourself some kind of way, then you might push the sex to the side. Because guess what you're doing? You got that vibrator, you got that dildo, and you got the pool boy. <laughs> yeah, pool boy. So? So, so I, you, there's a lot to the original question, Mayberry. It's a lot. Here come the um, doctor. The, my first thought was, what are you considering the level? I've run across women who are extremely professional. And in that, you know, they have degrees, they have high paying jobs, and they would be considered financially on the upper level. There's a lot of women like that in the DC area. Um, but then there are women who are business owners, who may not be in corporate America, whatever, however you want to classify that, but they're still professional women. So I guess the first thing we have to understand is and frame out is what is the, the levels that we're talking about, right? Here's the thing, because it could be you want, you dated, you went for somebody who had a degree Mm -hmm. somebody who don't, don't can't don't even have a ged i'm just saying so every level is up and down it's different because you can have i mean right. cheat down. you can have people with degrees master's degrees and doctorates that ain't poop i mean so where you fall financially uh doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship situation is squared away um what I've realized in the experiences that I've had is oftentimes people who put too much into their work end up missing something at home or vice versa. Uh, so it's a delicate balance that we all have to deal with. When you're talking about how much money somebody makes and the security versus the love, I think you can find security in love, which is what I think the professor was talking about. Mm -hmm. 
You can be secure in love and deal with whatever fine financial situations come to pass. Uh, because as long as you all are willing to work it out, if you all love each other, that should, should hmm. supersede uh, the rest of the things or give you the foundation to work on it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll put my personal business out there. I'm married. I have a wife. We don't, we're not, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and we don't have a whole bunch of money, but we work on our finances because we both are not just in love with each other, but we are in love with our family. Uh, the professor brought up a good point about boys and men. So, uh, what's his name? Dondre Whitfield's book. He talks about maleness and manhood. I think there are three levels. I kind of tend to agree with him. I think you're a boy in which you're learning information and, and about yourself and about society. Then you go to an a, 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 a area of maleness where you're trying to test out what you learned and, and figure things out. One of the things in that testing is your relationships to other people. Now, I'm just going to generalize this, <clears throat> but uh, for conversation's sake, we'll use a man and a woman. A man who is in his early 20s hasn't, has his, hasn't had his brain fully developed. So he will make executive decisions that are flawed okay so we're you're talking about a flawed executive decision making process because it's not fully functioned yet it's not fully formed so in 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 trying to decide where these men are at that time and whether or not they're men or boys i think you become a man when you learn about sacrificing for other individuals i think you're a male and you test out the things that you learned on different women to see and to learn uh, what it is you need to do in areas of your life you need to grow. And that so male it depends is, on that where that man is. It depends on where that woman is in, in when they are, when they meet and deal with one another. Because all of that is, is extremely important in the conceptualization of a relationship. But what if y'all both work at McDonald's? How far down can you go from there? Not no, having uh, a job? No job. Yeah. That's, that's it. No job. Okay. Well, so is that I'm, one? Uh, I'm going to give you the ignorant side of it. The ignorant side of it is sex is sex. That's what I need. I want to hear the ignorant <laughs> side. I didn't hear it. It's Jay that gave me all of the. the 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 educated educated answer. I want that ignorant. Give me that street. Give me that hug. Like I'm just saying. She's gonna that say why you why you do it? Why I'm you do it? Did you it see her a, ass? <laughs> why yeah. you do it? You see her ass? Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's, wanted, to see, I just wanted to see how that left cheek move. That's it. You know, I want to hear I want to hear all of that. I want to hear the real because I had a very interesting conversation. So I'm interested in what everybody has to say. Good that's, at that's, that. That's the that's the other side to that coin. The other side is sex is sex. I had one too many drinks. Animals. Um, and she said, she said, she where said you get what? ready to go? What'd she say? She said, where you get ready to go? I say, I'm going to go home. She's like, where your car at? Well, 
uh, she walked me to the car and, and stayed in there a little too long. But you don't know how to, you don't know why you don't know how to not have Shorty go to the car with you. What say no? Yeah, what's wrong with saying no? That's disrespectful. Say no is for, saying no is for quitters. It's <laughs> 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 quitters if you say no. No, you don't know Shorty got the clap, but you taking her back to the car. Well, I'll, I'll have something for the clap. You asked for the ignorance. I know I did. I love it. He's giving it to you. All right, Shannon, come on, tell me. Come on, let's talk about it. Come on, Cooley and and Shannon. I think people just see they. You find they. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think people cheat down or up or around. It's just that person who happens to be give them some attention. Because you're not looking like, oh, I'm cheating. Well, there might be some people that's looking like I'm trying oh, to. Oh, if an aunt give you a, if an aunt is giving him some attention or giving her some attention, they go go fuck with the aunt. I'm they just try. trying to figure it all out. It, it just, just it's all about the, the pride, attention. The pride okay. they feel of what's missing. If he meet his wife and she say, "Look, I ain't sucking no dick," <laughs> he's like, "All right, well, I love you. You got everything going. I'm gonna marry you." But just know, I'm going to get my <laughs> somewhere. So you just go, you just go go over there and get your get your meat washed. I'll be back. I'll be back. Bring it back clean. I'm just going to let her clean it real quick. Go get your meat washed and bring that ass back home. Just going to go get it clean real quick. I'll be back. I'll be back. So you think people should get passes like, all right, if you know that you're not going, if that's just something you're just not willing to do, and that's something that your spouse wants, do you think that they should get a pass for that? So let's say, hey, like, I don't want meat washed, but you get a pass to go over there and get your meat washed, but you can't stab her in a box. But you can wash your meat off, though. No. That's, no. that's between <laughs> no. that man and his woman. <laughs> no. It, now, I agree with that statement from Shannon. It, it depends on the relationship. Like, I'm not doing it. That sounds kind of open. That, that's her prerogative. <laughs> that's, the, that's their thing. That's their thing. To each his own. If you want a woman that's going to give you fellatio or wash your meat or give you hair or whatever <laughs> right, you want to call it, <laughs> then... You need to discuss that in in the premarital stages. If that is that important Every, to you, what if the, everybody don't want to get married? What if they just try to have a little quick little, you know? That's well, then thing. then that needs to be part of the conversation. If you want that to be a part of the, the situation, then that needs to be expressed in yeah. whatever relationship that you're in. If you're one night standing, if you just just you're messing around or whatever, whatever your situation may be, you need to be able to say. Oral sex is a part of the deal. If it's a deal breaker, then it's a deal breaker. How many people say that? When you start dating somebody, how soon is it? Okay, everybody, how soon do you come out and say, if you ain't giving me no head? If you're talking about sex and all the things you want to do, then you can have that conversation too. You ain't got to have a conversation. After a couple times of having sex, if it don't happen, you're going to be like, whoa, wait, hey, 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 got something. Did you say forgot something? Or what what you can do is in in while you're doing everything that you're doing, if you're hinting around it and you're getting a negative response from your already know, boom. 
then you realize that this may not be the person that's going to give you. I got bad gag reflexes and all that shit you already know. I got acid acid reflux. (laughs) And if if that's the case and you can't get any Tums or Pepto-Bismol or whatever you need to take it, then then that might not be the person you want to be with if acid reflux is the part of the problem. We had this conversation on a show a couple years ago and I told y'all what to do. If you don't, if you want to find out what she gonna do with it, all you do is wait till she falls asleep. And do what? Lay it on the side Put of her, on her forehead in the middle of the night. <laughs> and if she knock it away, then she ain't gonna do it. But if she move it from her forehead and know what to do, sound like a keeper, huh? Yeah. Sound like a keeper. Put it on her forehead in the middle of the night. So, so you, do you place it gently or do you slap it? That first night you place it gently, if she don't act right, then the next night you hit the shit out of her. <laughs> So you just lay it there, and then the next time, look, bitch, you know. That's exactly how it's supposed to Just like that. Oh, you sleep? Oh, all right. My bad. It hurts in the I'm cry. <laughs> Why you had to do the sound effects, though? You, you was well, just take her head. If you start pushing her head down gently, and she fighting That's you like that. That's what I thought she was going to do originally. That's what I was yeah. waiting for you to do. You can always that. tell. Like, if you, you know, grab push her head, she on top kissing you, you take her head and pushing that shit down, and she's she like, uh-uh. <laughs> and she got a strong neck. That neck, neck, that neck gets my neck strong as stiff. I ain't going down there. Might as well wrap that one up, G. She ain't this the is, one. This is funny because you know a big G was on here. He had a whole lot to say, a whole mm-hmm. lot of inappropriateness. What the professor tell him? Uh, what'd you say? Step up to the mic. What'd you, what'd you tell him? What'd you say? You told oh, him. I told him. I told him to get on the mic. That get on the mic. Because I said, mic, mic. Like, how do you like your, um, you know, your meat washing? And he was all the way back in the back running his mouth. And I said, oh, you, how do you ask for it? You know, get on the mic. So I was, yeah. I said, and I'm not being sexist, ladies. Also, <laughs> like, if, if he ain't, you know. But if he ain't eating, if he's not eating. Yeah, if he ain't doing what he's supposed to do, then he ain't the one for you either. Like, you know, it's 2020, goddammit. Like, get, oh. get over oh. yourself. I know how to clean the streets. Yeah. Amen. But the street better be clean before I get there. Look. <laughs> <laughs> it, depends. it depends. If the street, if the street hasn't been if you don't want the street too clean, because then that means it's dry. That means the street is dry. <laughs> you don't want hey. to clean. Hey. Oh, I forgot. You like you uh-huh. like to dry, don't you? You like the Sahara Desert. Dusty. No, no, no. Dusty. No, no, no. <laughs> You get caught webs. The street better have some uh <laughs> some some dove or some shit. I don't know, something. Because uh some people be asking for unreasonable requests. Some people have a um a wish and a prayer. You have to deal with the dryness. Huh? You don't lick the box. That's why you go out and be dry. Me? Yeah. Look at, no, all, I look that. Look at all that hair on that his face. I didn't say that, but I'll tell you this. That shit ain't come natural. First thing, first things first. I'll say this. Yo, tell her, Al. Tell her. I'll t- well, first of all, if you, if, you, if you really want me to answer the question, the funny thing to me is about how we, as as we're older, well, as I'm older, I'll say that. It's more acceptable for guys to say that that's what they do, that they, uh-huh. they eat coochie. When I was younger, that shit was not the thing to do. 
this is all new shit. Like when I was younger, you got clown if you talk about you ate somebody out. When I was younger, that's how it was. But now it's different. So when I was younger, a girl couldn't pay me to do it at all. I was offended. The e what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll say this. When I was younger, I was a heartthrob. So if you ain't want to do it, don't do it. Shit, do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Tell them, lady. Don't do it. Tell a lady killer. Lady don't killer do in the building. It don't matter. That's what I'm about to change your name. Lady killer. No, <laughs> not me. Lady killer. Uh, that was my, my younger whippersnapper days. I'm, I'm washed up now. Look at, nah. at Mayberry's face, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm washed up now. I'm done now. You know. Well, uh, is this, uh, 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 yeah. I thought everybody was going to eat the chips. I don't know. Not eat the chips. Shit. But, you know. I always start starting shit. Throw the rock and hide your hand, goddammit. What you talking about, me? Yes. What'd I do? Hmm. Did you answer the question? Yeah, you ain't answered the question yet. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, what the question? Did you just say what was the question? <laughs> so in, in 2020 for you, like 2020 for me, uh, well, I'm married, so. what that mean? Ain't a part what? of your body I ain't kissed. Oh, I didn't know what yeah. question you was answering. Oh, see, that's why I said I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, I didn't know which question you was answering. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, so I said, what, what we, what, what am I answering? I don't know. So all in, of it in 2020, like, are you, <laughs> Bye, Janet. are you, Sorry. are you, are you pro oral or anti oral? Me? Yeah. I mean, I'm down for the cause. Amen, sister soldier. Not the community. You said what the community? Not the community. Yeah, I mean, at this day and age, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's rough out here. You do that for the community, you have some bumps on your lips. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Like, people don't, people. And I ain't got time for People crazy, man. They be doing all kind of shit out here. Like, this, this is a different world. I was watching, I was watching an old gangster movie. Well, yeah, an old gangster movie last night called uh, Dead End with Humphrey Bogart. Black, it was in black and white. Right, I like them type of movies. But either way, he hugged. He went back to this old town and he hugged the girl. But when she walked up, she coughed. And in my mind, I'm saying, you know, in movies, everything means something. When you see somebody cough, there's something behind that. Mm -hmm. So he like, come on, let's get away and let's get married and you know, leave this place and blah blah blah. So she said, um, she was feeding him for a second and then she pushed him back. She was like, you're not, you're not really looking at me. You're thinking about how I used to be. She said, can't you tell I'm sick? So he looked up and down and he was like, why didn't you get a job? Now, first, I didn't understand what he meant. She said, jobs are scarce. So I said, I said that to my mother because I was telling her about the story. And she said, oh, she said she was prostituting. I said, how did, how did you pick up on that right away? Because it took me a second to pick it up. She said, because back in, back in those days, that was what women did to make money for their families or for their children. If they couldn't find work, they, they turned to prostitute. So 
I'm saying all that to say, like he was prepared to go ahead and marry her. He hadn't seen her in a long time, but he was prepared to go ahead and marry her, not knowing, you know, what had happened in the in, in between time. But she was sick. And that's how a lot of these, a lot of people are. She just was nice enough to tell him. Nice enough, Jesus. Well, our brother is here. Mr. Ike Carter is back. Ike. What up, what up, man? How you feeling, brother? I I'm know here, you man. Had, you done had a trying couple weeks and our, 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 our thoughts, prayers, and love was all to you. You already know that. Um, oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, glad you know you, you back out here. Um, and you know, and you anybody that knows Ike, no, Ike is a family man. Like Ike is a family guy, thousand percent. Ike is all about his nieces. Like Ike is all about family. And I think that's why this show works, and we all kind of connect because I don't, I don't deal with scumbag. Well, I'm a we all call ourselves scumbags. <laughs> we scumbags. Yeah, we, we scumbags, but all scumbags. We are pure scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> Um, only question I didn't get to ask, and I know we got two minutes before I'm gonna let Ike jump in, was um, NJ Rich. Biden made his VP selection. Yes, sir. How you is this? How you feel? Honestly, I kind of, I kind of, it's it's not a surprise. I'm not shocked. Um, I think I think uh, Kamala Harris brings. Uh, a wealth of knowledge and a, and a wealth of experience. Uh, I have seen some attacks on her since uh, she's announced, or so since the announcement came out. Now, is, are they attacks or people just bringing up facts? Well, it depends on who's doing it. I've, I've, I've seen some uh, political news and, and a lot of people in the GOP are attacking. Okay. Um, I have seen some of the comments about Kamala Harris not being black enough. I uh, thought she was Indian, but her father is a different race. I don't know. I don't know. Her father is Jamaican, and her month and her mother is from like Middle Eastern Indian, yeah. or um, either that or the the Filipino area, the Southeastern Asia. She's she's of that that background. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal, though. Um, Everybody has commented on Kamala Harris's record as a DA, as a prosecutor. Uh, some people have even commented on her record as a senator. Here's what I know. When you have new jobs and new responsibilities, oftentimes that changes the way you think about different things. Uh, I, I do appreciate uh, some of the things that she's done such as um, coming out for gender. I'm trying to find the right word to say uh, that that financial gain across, you know, all gender lines. Um, I believe women can do anything. Uh, you know, I have I have a mother. I have grandmothers. They, you know, women continuously surprise and, and leave me in awe about the strength that they have. Uh, I believe that this is a setup for her to be the first female president. Uh, I do believe that 
more people are going to come at her. But I will say this. In society standards, Kamala Harris is black. Her daddy black. Her mama may not be of African descent, but if you trace her lineage back to the original people, the original people were black. All right, hold so, up. Hold up. I don't mean to stop yeah. you. Hold up. We'll, we'll come back. I want sure. I think, because our guests will be here at seven fifteen, and I no I know I Ike is about to make us rich. Ike, I just um I'm still messing with my stocks, right? Mm-hmm. And um Nance put me on to uh this company. We'll talk about Nance right now. He, never mind. Go ahead. He put go me ahead. on this. He put he put me onto a good one. It's this company called Workhorse. They're into mm-hmm. automated vehicles, electric, and all of that. And okay. I'm trying to hold on to this stock until I see if they get this uh the postal contract. Because I know if they mm-hmm. get a postal contract, I might be all right. But well, you still want to hold on to, on, on to it. So if you do have happen to have had a gain on there, that you won't pay as much in taxes on there. So you got to hold it at least for uh, twelve months in a day. That's my to idea. make sure you get to, to make sure you hold. Because if you sell it, if you sell it too soon, you're gonna pay ordinary income tax. And you don't want. I mean, it's not the ordinary income tax, whatever your ordinary income tax rate, but the capital gains rate is like not even 15% in most cases. So hold it if, if you made some bread on it. All right. Well, that's enough of my, I ain't going to hold up monopolize <laughs> the time. So go ahead. Go ahead, my brother. No, nah, I mean, a lot of my stuff that, 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 that stem from a lot that's been going on, you know, and just reiterating. Why is there always sirens wherever I go? Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm in I'm in Towson right now, so I'm gonna oh, go in the car. Oh, yeah, you're in the city. Six ninety five. Yeah, something, yeah. something on six ninety five right there. Right, right. I came out to Towson real quick because word on the street is they got the uh, wipes out here and everything. So I, I've been sent on a mission for the elders. So I'm a, I'm gonna check that out and target and pass them out to the little elderly folks and everything. But um, yeah, no, it, I kind of I always keep addressing this. But I think it affected me a little bit more recently is about, you know, this um, and I don't want to take the fun out of things, but this end of life thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yo, know, I just need everybody to just make sure if anything that you ever do in your life right now is to make sure you plan what you want to do when it's over. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is writing out how you want to be either buried, cremated or whatever in your will. Right. Like writing that instructions out so that you don't have folks fighting and t- and going tick for tat over your property, right? That you worked hard for, or whatever, because it's part of estate planning. And you know, having that will is so important, especially if you have kids, people that's going to take care of your your grandparents or your parents or whatever. Just make sure you got that stuff. And like I said, I, I'm probably beating on a dead horse right now because I know I done brought this up before, but it seems like this little shadow be chasing me too. So I feel like if it's chasing me, then it need to chase everybody else too to make sure that, that you got that going on. And then kind of branching off of that, man, is, is, is everybody with kids, man, when you start your plan, make sure you involve your kids heavily in what you're doing with your bread and things like that or what you plan on leaving behind so that it's not like a lot of fighting over what is what because that is what kills families. I don't care what anybody says, especially in the African-American community, money after someone passes destroys families Mm -hmm. because it's, oh, I like 
auntie or uncle or, or grandma such and such like me more? Uh, not necessarily. It just so happened they might not have updated their information. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you might not have been the, f- the favorite and everything, and it, your name just never got changed. Sort of like people who go through divorces and forget to change their uh, ex-spouses as their beneficiary on a lot of their documents, and then they end up with things being jacked up and wondering, hold up, how does how did the, the new wife or the new husband is like, hold up, how that how that old whatever name you give her getting access to whatever funds I have on there. So just 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 on an annual basis or any life saving life changing uh thing that comes up, make sure you check your beneficiaries, update your wills, update your life insurance policies. Just update them, you know, just so that everything is in order. And then, you know, make sure you you dealing with somebody or somebody that's going to take care of your stuff that does things not out of emotion, but out of business sense. Because when you get folks that do a lot of things out of emotion, I mean, you look at anything, murder rate, breakups, how somebody cook your food. When it's done out of emotion, nine times out of ten, the shit is horrible, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's done through logic and and well-planned steps and everything, then everything will go, it will go smooth. So definitely take care of that, man. And then still, even as we get, uh, we're in this pandemic and I reiterate this more because I actually, man, I just had a whole client um, tell me that her county shut down because of COVID. Now, mind you, it's been since March since this all start, started, but they shut down because they're anticipating um, they had a lady that was like a critical care worker in that mm-hmm. county got sick so she touched like 20 people right in that town the town holds a thousand people right oh. those 20 people have family members of that each a thousand now this won't be on the news but this is the type of things that come up when i'm having conversations when i'm talking to, to clients and this is a small town in california and everything that for people who knew i administer and serve and service a lot of west coast retirement plans so I say that to say, please, yo, make sure y'all are stacking some extra de- cash on the side. This don't mean stop doing whatever the hell you're doing, right? But stack some money up on the side because you can hear from me, this shit going to get ugly, mm. right? This is It's going to get ugly by the end of the year, especially as we y'all, y'all were touching on it as November comes up, right? Because whatever happens, either way that happens with that, mm. That's going. That's going. That's going to change the ties, and that's all. It's going to affect your four hundred one k. It's going to affect your savings rate. It's going to affect everything. And then this is my last little tidbit: take your ass out and go vote, please. Because all you people that's black and white or this and this, all right. When you ain't vote, I ain't want to hear your mouth later on about stuff being jacked up or messed up, or, or because such and such, or thinking that it doesn't doesn't count when it when it does. Because especially. I don't know. I saw somebody post it. If you can't vote on the, if, if you worried about the presidential election, that tell me what you did during during the mayor and your in your district elections, which really matters, and what you doing in your community. But then on top of that, I know most folks ain't doing nothing for their community anyway. But make sure y'all vote, man, and make sure y'all put a couple dollars away just in this meantime because it's gonna get ugly before it get better. So, yeah. True. True. We appreciate that, my brother. Can I ask oh, oh. Brother Ike a quick question? Sure, sure, bro. Uh, 
what platform do you recommend for your stocks and trading uh, from your experiences? I know you all were talking about that earlier because I've heard about. I use I use Robinhood. Okay, I do too. I was just wondering if if that was one of those ones that you know Money Man Ike would recommend. Well, yeah, because I don't I don't work with daily trading stocks individually on a regular basis, but Robinhood is a good one because it's inexpensive and. Usually what you want to look for is ones that are inexpensive and they don't charge you an outrageous commission. Because even though you do it automated, right, you keep forgetting that it's that little man behind the keyboard that's making your or executing your trade or even the customer service rep that's going to make some money off of that trade. So usually the ones that are like low trade or they have like like um, Robinhood, E-Trade, uh, Fidelity platform is getting better. Vanguard's platform is getting better now. Granted, I don't work for none of them, and I don't get paid by none of them. But you know, finding one with the lowest commissions is the ones I, I really stress for. And then also look at the account minimums that they have on there too, because some of them will be like, oh yeah, you can start off with as little as fifty dollars to invest, and then it's like, oh no no no, we don't mean just fifty dollars off the break. We need fifty dollars uh, as far as a month because they, what they're doing is a dollars cost averaging to make sure that you're uh putting some money up on there but robin hood is good especially if you're um if you're on your phone a lot mm-hmm. because you can get to it real quick and it's cheaper and everything but that that's that's really what i usually see, see people using and, and tell people hey yeah that works out okay i appreciate that bro yeah yeah, yeah. most definitely well, and i just want to let y'all know i was laughing at y'all come i've been watching the show since this since like six thirty, y'all hilarious. <laughs> Some of the things y'all, t- y'all talking about. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> I didn't start it. It was one in particular about somebody not doing something off the rip, right? <laughs> and one of my things that I always, and then people wonder why I'm single, is be like, "Yo, how do you keep dealing with that? And you're not happy. If you're not happy, keep it moving." Like I never get that. Like people get on me like, yo, you you single and, and you hard on. I'm like, I'm not hard on people, but if you do something, if you don't do something that I don't like physically or mentally, so why is that? Well, why do people look at that wrong? Like, don't you have the right as an individual, as a person, as an adult, to decide who you want to be around, who right? You wanna, who you want to entertain, who you want to screw, who you want to screw over? Like, <sighs> I'm just saying. You you have the you have the right to decide on that, but why do you get crucified if you throw up a juice at somebody because you just like oh this just ain't this ain't working? I mean, I, I just look at it as if it's if, if I'm not happy about it, then you're not gonna make. I'm already happy myself, mm-hmm. right? But and that's the goal before you get into any situation. Well, at least I think, and then stealing from Brother Will and all them. Well, I ain't even gonna get him involved in this, but. I'm supposed to be happy with myself before I deal with anybody else, period. Thanks. You know what I mean? But then on the flip side of it is, is that if you're doing something that don't make me happy or make me frown up at you, and I address it to your point earlier about communication, which we all lack in some essence of the word and everything. But if I express it to you and it's not corrected or it's done with that, matter of fact, you know what the perfect interlude to this situation is, cool? Is the biggie small? You know I don't be doing this, right? 
And if you don't know that interlude, I need you to just quit hip hop right now, period. Don't listen to no more music or don't say you nothing. But if you know that interlude, that is one where it's like, whatever, just a pet, something. But yeah, that's what I, that's, yeah, that's all I got on that. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, 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 there we go. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Uh, so um, I I don't know what you're playing. You know um, tonight we're having um Michelle. Sh- I can't know her name gets me tongue. Michelle Shellers, co-organizer. From Seafire. Yes, sir. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She's coming on tonight to talk to us. We're going to find out more about Baltimore Ceasefire, um, what they're doing, um, how they begin. Like, so we get to talk to her and chop it up. Um, I don't know. People actually like there is really no method to our madness of guests. Um, this platform is open to any and everybody. Um, black, white, Latino, Hispanic. I don't care if you if you like black people, if you hate black people, this platform is open to anybody to friends that don't like black people. Yeah, to voice your opinion in a respectful way. Like it's open to anybody. So, you know, when we pick guests like uh Jiffy Jiggy Piff was brought to us by Mayberry. Um and then any other guests, we like it's just me scrolling up and down Instagram, and I find people like there are a lot of people that I reached out to that I wish I could get respond to me, but um, Baltimore Ceasefire definitely definitely was one of the organizations that hit us back, and um, they'll be on tonight because um, we love all love our city. I, I may have moved, but I still love Baltimore. I'm Baltimore all day long. When I talk to my boss at work, I'm Baltimore. I got I just am what I am, you know. Look at Shannon's face. <laughs> you know, I, I can't tell you, I can't shake it. I, I am what I am. About today. Yeah, I am what I am. Um, and it's not a bad thing. Baltimore make it, Baltimore puts something in you that's not, that I think some people may that don't know think it's a bad, but it's not always bad if you harness it in the right way. Uh, that's the thing right there. And everybody if you, if you harness it in the right way, Baltimore can build you and construct you into a man or a woman that can be unstoppable in this world, I believe. Um, and that's probably, and people from New York say, probably say the same thing, Chicago, whatever, but you know, I speak on my city because, you know, I will never be able to say I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, cause I ain't, I isn't, I will never be from Raleigh. This is where I live. <laughs> um, I'm from Baltimore. Um, so um, I, I don't know, what's your plans, bro? I know you got to get them wipes and I don't want them to run out. Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. All right. So let's welcome, uh, we're going to give her a little time to let her audio kick in, but our guest is here. Uh, Michelle Shellers. Michelle, am I saying your last name right? Yes. Okay. Because I've been, I've been tripping over. I don't know if it's, I haven't been drinking. I've been sipping. That is just the show, but but even before, like, I just kept getting... Michelle, welcome to the Cooley and the Gang show. How you doing? Uh, we would like to welcome you. Thank you for... Uh, I want to thank you and your organization, first of all. Anytime anyone answers any one of my emails, I appreciate it. Because it's hard out here for a brother just sending out emails all day. And you all heeded the call, and I definitely appreciate it. Um, so thank you very much. I want to say that to begin. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So Baltimore ceasefire. Yes, sir. Break it down for us. Baltimore, how did it begin? 
So it began because initially Ogun Gordy um, went to Erica Bridgeford and um, mentioned to her that uh, Baltimore should have a ceasefire. And so they talked about it and then um, they didn't talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So a few years went by and um, one day Erica was talking to her son and her son was saying, you know, mom, um, Baltimore is on track to have the highest murder rate that we've ever had. And she started getting angry about what people should be doing and realized that people meant that she should be doing something different. So she reached back out to Ogun and said, hey, remember you talked to me about the ceasefire thing? Well, I think we should also add another component to it where um, we ask people to do fun things and celebrate life as well as asking them not to commit acts of violence. So um, back in May of 2017, um, a meeting was held at the Baltimore Community Mediation Center. And at that time, um, it was just called the Life Over Death Weekend. And at this meeting, all of the residents that were there um, decided that it should be called the Baltimore Ceasefire with the component of the Baltimore Peace Challenge where, um, you know, cause we knew people were gonna be like, well, I ain't no shooter. I ain't gonna shoot nobody that weekend but we can all afford to be more peaceful. So that's where the peace challenge um, component of the movement comes from. And, um, you know, we had the first ceasefire weekend in August of 2017. And shortly after that, we knew we were gonna do something else, but we weren't sure what we were gonna do. And um, one of the co-organizers, well, there's six co-organizers, um, the two co-founders, which is um, Ogun Gordy, Erica Bridgeford, and then the rest of us, um, Jakia Jason, um, Darnell Wharton, and myself, um, we got together and, oh, and LNG. So LNG says um, we should have call ceasefires quarterly. Because at, at first Erica was like, well, you know, let's, let's call, call them, you know, once a year. And she said, no, we're, we're going to call them quarterly. So at that first meeting, we decided to do them, um, you know, the first meeting in May, we decided to do it in August because... Baltimore has over 600,000 residents. And mm -hmm. we figured that it would take at least three months to try to socialize out to as many people as possible that this thing was happening. So, um, you know, initially for the first ceasefire weekend, we got really, really pumped up and we sent out press releases and we were just like, this is gonna be, you know, really dope. This is gonna be a thing. And the press was like, yeah, talk to us on the Monday after ceasefire. We don't, we, that's mm -hmm. not. You know, that y'all y'all sound pressed and that's that's really not news. Until we started getting um we started getting views from other places, like even other countries. So other news outlets started reaching out to us to find out what this thing that Baltimore was doing. And um we started to get a lot of coverage for the first ceasefire weekend. And then finally Baltimore was like, oh, this might be something we want to pay attention to. So um, after the first ceasefire weekend, um, LNG said, we're gonna do it every three months. So we decided that um, it would take place the first weekend in February, the second weekend in May, which is Mother's Day weekend, mm -hmm. so that we can um, you know, lift up families who've lost loved ones to violence, especially fathers on that Saturday, because the moms, you know, moms always express themselves and um, well, let me not say always, because I don't want to make a blanket statement, but more often than not, the moms get attention and, you know, 
get cared for around losing a child, but we don't know what's going on with the dads. So um, we pay special attention and um, uplift the dads on Macy's Fire Weekends, especially on that Saturday. Um, then comes the first full weekend in August, which is the anniversary every year, and then the first full weekend in November. So they take place first full weekend in February, second weekend of May, first full weekend of August, and first full weekend of November. And um, you know, we ask people to not be violent, to not commit any murders um, during ceasefire weekend, but we also ask residents in Baltimore City to plan life-affirming events. So they can look like anything really. Um, people have planned huge events, um, which include uh, overnight resource fairs, where people have been able to come out and get expungements and um, you know, mental health services, access to jobs and homes. Um, people have prayer vigils, peace walks, anything you can think of. And since this is Baltimore's movement and we don't really tell people what to do, um, they can be as creative as possible as long as it's celebrating life and not being violent. Um, we also, since it's not an organization um, and we're all volunteers, um, people donate funds so that we're able to get uh, flyers and posters. So we take them all throughout the city to do outreach, to let folks know that a ceasefire is coming up. So we assault the city with posters when it's not COVID, um, put them any and everywhere. And it's not only the six of us, people from all over the place, they come and get um, these posters. And the flyers are more so hand to hand where we can um, build a sense of community and when people are going talking to people about ceasefire, they're also asking people what they may need. So connecting them with resources, because we find that Baltimore is not a resource deficient city, it's information deficient. So a lot of people don't know about the things that are available to them. So, you know, we go around assaulting the city with flyers and posters um, and then ceasefire weekend comes up and we go to all these different events, but we're not naive. You know, we know that something may happen and we may lose people during ceasefire weekend. So that's where the sacred space rituals were born. Um, when we lose a resident of Baltimore during ceasefire weekend or any other day, um, individuals go out to the murder site and bless the space. It's not a religious type of ceremony, but people mm -hmm. pour love and light into that space so that murder and trauma is not the last thing that, was, that happened in that space because you know, we don't want people to walk through there and you know, feel that energy. So sage is burned, frankincense is burned, whatever else, people sing songs. Erica actually, um, most of the time she'll get on the ground. If we find the spot where the person actually took their last breath or we see something, she'll get down on the ground and, and say words to the person and so that, you know, about their transition, let them know that their life mattered and they won't be forgotten. Um, and, you know, just, just pour love and light into that space and also support the residents in that community. Sometimes the families come out, sometimes they don't, sometimes it's just Erica. You know, sometimes it might be two or three people, but people always show up in that space um, when we lose a person. Um, people donate money during ceasefire weekends for the families of the individuals that we lose. And we give a love offering to those families for them to do whatever they need to do with that money. We don't tell them what um, 
they should be doing the one of the overall values of this movement is self-determination so we don't believe in telling people what they should be doing um, other than they should be getting involved in something to help with um, in the community um, also we have individuals who are trained as ambassadors for the movement because the six of us can't be everywhere so um, people are they go through a training so that they are able to speak the language of the movement and they can represent the movement officially. Uh, we also have ceasefire schools. So we have schools who have added ceasefire into their curriculum and they take flyers and posters for ceasefire weekends and do outreach in their school communities. They are parents, students, and staff members of these schools. And um, they also plan ceasefire events and um, they make an attempt to be more peaceful in their schools. I know I have said a whole lot so far, so <laughs> I can stop now. Answer any questions you may have about anything that I've said. No, no, no. That's that 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 is exactly what we wanted. So, and we this show we there are a lot of different not a lot of different people, but as you can see, like we have different opinions, thoughts on a lot of things here. Um, but we are all from Baltimore. We all love Baltimore. Um, we may not all be boots on the ground like my man, my brother Ike. Ike is boots on the ground. I know Ike. Hi, Ike. Oh, Michelle, how you doing? I've been waiting before I say hi. I want to be <laughs> <laughs> My guy Ike is boots on the ground. Um, you know, uh, NJ Rich, Nick, he he does all, he informs, he um, contributes, donates. Um, we all contribute in our own way. And the professor brings it up all the time also. Um, I moved, so people look at me different ways. Right? But hey, I did what I did. I, I ain't worried about it. I, I come back, I still own property. We still, my wife and I still own property in Baltimore. Our family's still in Baltimore. So we are still heavily invested in the Baltimore community, Baltimore city to be exact. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you was something that bothers me. And if you don't feel comfortable answering, just just blink three times. Not oh no, I'll tell you, I'm not answering that. I don't <laughs> have to blink. <laughs> what I don't like, and it's not about Baltimore ceasefire. Like when I look at an organization like Black Lives Matters, to me, every Black life matters. And I understand the or that organization was formed more so for, and we looked it up, and we researched. It was more so for like you know brutality from police and discrimination to the um, LGBTQ community, you know, minorities there. But in my mind, that organization gets so much money to not focus on the inner cities or our own people, like with like an organization like, like yours does, like it kind of takes away from the, I'm trying to say this right. It takes away from the organizations that are right in. I believe all of it should be connected. You know what I'm saying? It, it shouldn't be just this one th one organization. We look at it one way. I believe if everybody should be in it because as black people, we are fighting a war and we need all of our black brothers and sisters to fight this war. Whether they, whether it's us killing us, whether it's the police, whether it's uh, a racial killing, like we need all of our bodies. So I feel like it, it should all be connected. So when you see an organization like Black Lives Matters, that openly says, well, we don't focus on this, we focus on that. How, how does that come off to you all? So everybody has their own lane. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We need to attack this thing from all different angles. Everybody has a part to play. So 
I'm, I'm going to take it out of the context of violence and murder. Say, you know, we need a house built, right? And my lane is masonry. Mm-hmm. Your lane might be electrical work. Somebody else might be plumbing. We need everybody to build that house. So it's going to take us to dismantle these systems from all different aspects. Just like when people come to us and ask us about political stuff, that's not our arena, right? Mm -hmm. We do what we do. So we encourage other organizations to do what they do. And if we find somebody that needs assistance from one of these other organizations, whatever their forte is, we will absolutely pass them along. But, (laughs) you know, one of the problems here is a lot of organizations operate in silos, right? Mm -hmm. um, we encourage collaboration. We encourage collaboration. That's how a lot of these huge events happen in the city. But we don't um, say anything about another organization because they have a focus on this thing over here. No, no, That's- no. I don't want you to say anything bad about it. But like, how does it? Because they they get all like they get all like when I go back and research the funding and where the money go. Like it's a that's a whole nother show. I'm right. not bring you into that one. But, you know, I just want it. I just want us all to like, like you say, collaboration. I don't want one organization to totally shut off one thing and not be open to it. The collaboration to me is the main, that was the key word that you just brought up. The fact that you all collaborate with other organizations in Baltimore says a ton about our city because we've always been known. What's what they call it? Crabs in in a barrel. Right. Crabs in a barrel. We are trying to change that narrative. That's one of the things we need to control our own narrative because Baltimore is not crabs in a barrel. Mm-hmm. We come together a lot more than people realize. You know, just look at what happened over Northwest Baltimore the other day with those houses. Do you see how quickly those neighbors and different organizations jumped in to help? Like, ain't no love like Baltimore love, and that's real talk. You, we can talk about each other, but ain't nobody going to talk about us. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> we are very protective of our own. And we're trying to change that narrative of crabs in a barrel. We're trying to change that whole Baltimore murder land thing. We're trying to change that narrative. We have to control it, though. We can't let other people speak for us. We can't let other people, all these other organizations coming in from the outside and tell us what we need for us. That's why that's one of the most beautiful things about this movement. It's Baltimore people doing Baltimore. Can I cuss? You can say this. It is Baltimore people doing Baltimore shit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's real. Boots on the ground, grassroots organizations. And we got people who, so we have a lot of people who have privilege, who are aware of this organization, who are trying to make moves to do whatever they can to support mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's come, it's coming from a very authentic place and people recognize that. That's why when we first started this movement, we tried to be ghosts. We were like pulling strings and trying to be puppeteers and people were like, where's this stuff coming from? But eventually they found us, mm-hmm. you know, and the people who are with the organization have connections in their own right. Well, I don't want to say organization, the movement, mm-hmm. right? We feel like an organization because we move like an organization, but for real, for real, everything, all of the high level decisions are made from a Facebook group chat. 
that's dinging 24 seven. So like, it, it seems like, you know, we're a well-oiled machine because we, we move a certain way, but we don't have a whole bunch of money to be like having an office and, you know, things like that. We just make it do what we do. And that's what Baltimore is. We take something that looks like nothing and turn it into something really, really great. Hmm. But that's, that's what we do. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, how about, uh, is there a lot of support from like city hall or you guys, I know you don't get, you all don't get too political, but eventually you will need an, an everybody needs an extra push. Um, are you got like optimistic about anything happened? Like, so you all don't let any politicians get involved in what you do at all or whoever wants to get involved in whatever they want to do mm-hmm. is whatever they want to do. Like I said, this is a, a movement rooted in self-determination. So however someone wants to show up and help is however they show up and help. I know a lot of people don't didn't rock with Mayor Pugh, but let me tell you something. When we had our first march um, to the shot tower, the very first ceasefire weekend, mm-hmm. and the press came out and they were about to run over and interview her. I heard her say, let me move out the way because this is not about me. This is not my show. Interview those people over there. Interview those people over there. This this is not about me. And I really, really respected her for that because a lot of politicians would have jumped in front of the camera and be like, yes, I'm here for ceasefire and um, I support them and blah, blah, blah. She was, a lot of politicians will support us by like, we'll call them and be like, we need this and they'll make it happen. You know, but we don't, we're not, we don't connect ourselves to politicians and, you know, things because like we said, this is Baltimore's movement. If you love Baltimore, you work in Baltimore, you live in Baltimore, whatever, you do whatever you think that is necessary to support. So we don't go around like begging people for support. You just fall in or you don't, or you do something. You don't have to be a part of Baltimore ceasefire. You can be a part of, Sean's window washing and teaching young people how to be entrepreneurs, right? But that's you doing something. But it all comes together. I can see how that can fit in. Like it, it can all work together. It all does work together. You can't tell somebody, put down the gun, don't do that, but not give them an option. Okay, well, what else am I supposed to do? Right. This is what I know. What else am I supposed to do? Everything has to have, and you have to give them options. And it sounds like that's what you all do with the classes and all the other outlets that you all work with to kind of bring this all together. Let me mention something else that may not be a popular opinion, but we stand behind it 100%. Mm-hmm. When we go into the neighborhoods and pour love and light into those who we've lost to violence, mm-hmm. we also pour love and life and life and light into the person who has taken the life, right? Because we don't call them a murderer. That mm-hmm. does not define who they are in totality. That's one act that they did. There's so many other aspects to this person. This is a person who committed the act of murder, but people don't just wake up and say, I think I'm gonna go out and kill somebody today. But they're not born like, oh, you know, they come out the womb like, I'm gonna go out and kill people. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't really happen. That might happen with like some psychopaths or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you know, normally that doesn't happen. There are a lot of circumstances that lead somebody down that dark path. So we also try to, you know, uplift their spirit as well. 
and we don't shun these people because you know a lot of times people are rehabilitated and do things for the betterment of the community once they atone for whatever they've done but if we just shut them down and, and cancel them they don't get a chance to do that so we don't throw people away either and that is a very unpopular opinion because a lot of times you know if somebody commits an act of violence people feel like they should be thrown away we don't throw people away no i can respect that because change is possible i'm i'm a i'm a strong believer in change change rehabilitation rehabilit let me rehabilitation in the correct form yes. let me say that rehabilitation yes. in the correct form um i'm a strong believer in all of that because i know earlier we were talking about like you know it's just Anybody else got a question? I, I'm trying. I'm trying to gather my thoughts, and I, I'm never. I, have a question. I got you, Mike. I have a question. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you, Michelle, for being here. Your presence is is greatly appreciated. Um, with with COVID and social distancing, and people staying in the house, or supposed to be staying in the house, and the mental wear that that draws on people. In your experience with Baltimore ceasefire, do you think that this time now will create something like a powder keg for more uh, eruption because everybody's stuck in the house, everybody's worried about their children and school, and now you have all of these extra pressures? You know, now that gives, you know, I need an outlet. I'm not accustomed to the outlets that I've you know, had in the past because I'm stuck in the house. You know, do you think that that gives a, a, a pathway to increase in violence? And if so, how does Baltimore ceasefire like aid and help in that space to continue to allow the ceasefire to happen in this COVID experience? So absolutely. Um, this is something that we talk about all the time. You're in the house with somebody that you're not used to being in the house with all the time. They get on your nerves, you get on their nerves. And it's absolutely a powder keg. Um, my day job, I work for Baltimore Community Mediation Center. So that's something we have been very, very, very aware of um, since the beginning of COVID. And um, Erica is the executive director uh, for Baltimore Community Mediation Center. So um, in that aspect, what we've done is we've been able to provide mediation services online for people that need them. Hmm. So, you know, that's one of the ways that we contribute to um, trying to help people stay peaceful um, or get them to be more peaceful and get some understanding around whatever's going on for them. So we've seen people reach out to us um, to work things out. But um, even though, you know, COVID is happening and we're supposed to be in the house, um, we've still been in the streets. Not when I say we, I mean we as in um, other members of Ceasefire um, and the ambassadors and everything. We had masks done. So the message was still getting out there um, where people were going around and just giving out masks to say Baltimore Ceasefire 365 as a reminder, you know, and then having engaging in conversations with people as they were giving out the masks. So um, the presence is still felt in the city. 
Um, during the very first ceasefire, mostly everything was virtual during the um, May ceasefire weekend. But this uh, past ceasefire weekend for the anniversary, we were actually in the streets doing a caravan. So um, we decorated the cars um, the Friday of ceasefire and drove around the entire city. And I had a megaphone and I was yelling out the window and reminding people that um, we love them. And you can see what that did for people where, you know, a lot of people were standing there like on the corners and just looking angry and everything. And I'm like, happy ceasefire weekend, you know, remember to be peaceful this weekend and we love you. And you can see in their body language how they melted on the spot. So we were still continuing to pour love into the city because sometimes people don't even hear that. People need to hear that, you know? So we try to do what we can in these COVID streets. Um, the sacred space rituals still happen. So Erica and, and other folks, I've done a couple, um, are going into the neighborhood, still talking to people. And, you know, we're trying to do what we can because we are aware that this crazy time that we live in right now could um, account for more bad things to happen than would normally happen. I appreciate that. I do have one more question if I can, Mike. Sure. Um, with, with, with there not being direct media attention to Baltimore ceasefire 365, and on the weekends and the days that you all may not be having a ceasefire, you know, like the actual ceasefire weekend, how can platforms like this one, where Mike is on every week, you know, how can platforms similar to this or like this one be able to continue to push that ceasefire message out to the city on a consistent basis and in turn, you know, have more Baltimoreans who are linked to ceasefire come on or, or watch or participate in shows similar to this. So both Baltimore Ceasefire and Cooley and the Gang show can grow together as homegrown Baltimore movements. And this uh, you know, kind of, you know, become a part of your media platform so that the messages of Baltimore ceasefire, which is so important, can continue to, to you know, move and move forward throughout the city. I mean, just keep talking about it. Like we have a, a graphic um, that we're about to really, really start pushing even more that shows, um, because we wanted to just be second nature for people to know that ceasefires happen February, May, August, November. February, May, August, November. We want it to be as like people know when Halloween is, people know when Christmas is, whatever. It's a Baltimore holiday, right? So we have a graphic that shows Baltimore ceasefire 365 and has the months. So it's just, you know, even as simple as flashing the graphic at the end of the show. Remember, Baltimore ceasefire is February, May. August, November, you know, just simple things like that to start drilling it into people's heads, right? So it's gonna take like just consistent messaging all the time for people to, like when you hear commercials and you, you hear like the little songs on the commercials, you know exactly what's on when you don't even have to look at it, right? So we need to just have it become ingrained in people so that they know. 
So it's just, it's just about messaging and just consistent messaging. And, you know, we tell people, tell three people to tell three people that the Baltimore ceasefire is coming up. Cause then there's nothing like word of mouth, you know? And people can say, oh, that's dumb. We hate the ceasefire, but you talking about it. You can't unhear the message. We don't, we don't engage with trolls. Thanks, you're talking about us, right? So, you know, just, just consistent messaging and just talking about it um, would, would make us achieve the goal that we're um, looking for. And the news outlets, ever since the very first ceasefire, they know now, they run us down for interviews. They pop up at events all over the city. We have to warn people, if you're having an event, press is probably just gonna show up. They're not gonna ask you in, if they can show up, they're just gonna pop up at your event and they're gonna wanna interview somebody, just a heads up, you know? So that's, that's how um, popular it's become. When we went through that 11 and a half days back in February, 2018, oh man, the news outlets, they loved it. They made stories, they, they made some really, really dope stories about that. And I mean, they're on it now, you know, <laughs> You know, the, uh, you remember the song, um, back then, didn't want me down, hot day on me. Yeah. That's how it is. They hopped on it, and now they on it. Yeah. So, you know, just, just keep spreading the word. So how can people that. donate? Thank What'd you say? If people I appreciate, donate, I appreciate can, that. Thank you. If people want to donate, how can they donate? So we on our page, um, we have a donate button. They can also um, donate to the Cash App, um, which is Baltimore Ceasefire. Um, yeah, so those ways. Um, if they donate through um, Fusion, uh, I think you donate through Fusion on the site. Um, so yeah, that's that's how they can donate. And I hope All I'm not. The way to donate on the site is www.baltimoreceasefire.com. And if anyone has seen the flyer that we made, uh, the website is on the flyer. Um, I share things consistently. Sometimes I just go on Instagram just to share and then I don't really scroll. I just see something shared and I go on about my business. Um, and I already have alerts set up for Baltimore ceasefire that I get alerts when you all post. Um, but I want people to understand and um, I'm like this, donating there is no specific number to what a good donation is. Donation comes from within. Um, I think a lot of people may get caught up in like, well, I only got $10. I only got $20. A donation is a donation. Absolutely. So don't, don't get caught up on how much you have. Like a donation to Baltimore ceasefire is a donation, period. It helps. Your 10, my 10, Shan's 10, Professor's 10, Mayberry, it adds up. So don't, don't get caught up in that. So a donation is a donation. Um, another thing we were talking about before you came on was the fact that we are seeing increasingly more women being murdered. And you know, back in the day, like we all about the same age, back in the day, it was certain things you just did not do. If you were in the streets, it was just certain things you didn't do. Not to say that it was okay to kill your brother, but it was just certain things that were not allowed. What, like, what do you, like, I don't, I know you don't know where it's coming from, but like, you know, just speak on that a little bit. We're living in a different time. You know what I mean? We're, we're living in a different time. The rules are not the same. They're not the same. And we have to figure out to, how to undo what has happened. 
we have lots and lots of conversations about this because we're losing women at an alarming rate over the last year. It's been mm -hmm. crazy. So like we, we were talking recently about starting to have some community conversations with different people and different groups that are doing the work um, and the streets to see what can be done about a myriad of things, including that. Um, we need to find out the reason. Sometimes we find out the reason, sometimes we don't. But if we can find out the reasons, then maybe we can get in front of some of this stuff. Like we just had a really good conversation about um, the concept of disrespect and how people interact with that concept mm -hmm. and how impulsive people are when they feel disrespected and they don't think about all of the things that they have to lose. So there are a lot of conversations around that happening to see what we can do, what kind of work can be done around, you know, losing people, including women, because we've noticed as well. Yeah, that we, we definitely been talking about that because I've, like you said, over the, like the last year, what, shocking to me, but it's all shocking to me. And I, and I know Baltimore, like, you know, I'm, nobody expects things to be perfect, but at the same time, we don't want things to be outrageous also. Um, okay. How about the police department? How, you all work with them? Like, how, how does that work? So like I said, anybody that wants to help us can mm -hmm. jump in and help us. Um, you know, a lot of times at the sacred space rituals, they'll do a ride by to make sure that we're safe. Um, you know, when we're doing things, they'll, they'll check in. Um, they also alert us to let us know um, if there has been any violence or any murders during ceasefire weekend. So um, that's how we find out where we need to be um, to do a sacred space ritual. So um, they're, they're very um, um, responsive during ceasefire weekends and during the sacred space rituals. Like I said, they just drive by, check, and y'all good. You know, they don't bother us when we're doing our thing or anything like that. So um, however people want to help is however they can help. Sounds good to me. Mm. Professor, I see you put your glasses on. I thought you had something to say. No, I put my glasses on because, you know, I'm getting old and it's getting dark outside. I need to be able to see. <laughs> um, but I, uh, again, like uh, like Nick said, thank you for coming on. Um, I've had numerous conversations, not only on, on this platform, but with friends of mine that, uh, to me, I respect them as great thinkers. And I always come back to the same statement. I don't know what the answer is. Like I have tried different things from where I stand and what I think my level of comfort is as far as um, interaction is concerned. Um, I have talked to different people and, and, and I've gotten their solutions or their thoughts on the matter. And at the end of it, it's almost like you're back to not even break even. You're still be up, you're still behind or still under the bar of breaking even as far as I'm not even talking about um, 
necessarily saving any lives, but getting a level of understanding of where do we go from here? Like, how can how can we shift? I, I said uh, the other guy's not on here, but uh, shift the narrative to try to to try to get people to to see things from a different light. These young guys today are so angry, man. I mean, we had a level of anger when we were younger, but we also had a level of respect. I tell people that it's, 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 it's funny because regardless of how much hell I was raising when I was younger, when I walked past the church, I didn't curse. If I saw an older lady, I didn't curse. Nobody could ever, my mother could never tell you that she's ever heard me curse to this day. My father could never tell you he heard me curse to this day because there's certain things I just would not do. However, these, these, the, the younger guys and the younger women today, they have a whole different mindset about what's okay and what's acceptable. And some of the conversations I hear, like the fact that the fact that teenagers are calling each other dummy as a term of endearment tells you where their mental frame is and tells you where we're headed. Like each generation seems like it's, it hasn't gotten better. It seems like each generation is getting worse. If you think back from your grandparents' grandparents' generation, yeah, they had problems, but their problems were with the police. Now the police is still an issue and even some people in the neighborhood. But my grandparents' generation, yeah, they had some problems, maybe a couple people in the neighborhood, but guess what? They respected Miss Carter. My mother's generation, yeah, they had some problems. They may have had some problems with some people in the neighborhood. Police was ultimately their issue. When I was growing up, it became us, like really the problem with each other. And now we here in this age right here, and it seems like the majority of the problem is us. And how are we, how are we gonna move past this? And again, when I think about it, it almost like darkness falls falls in front of my eyes because I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see how we come out of this this hole. I don't see how things change. So my answer to you would be, you said you keep trying different things and you don't feel like they're working. First of all, you might not see instant results and you don't know if they're working. A lot of times when I've worked with young people and I've said something to them and I'm thinking, they're not listening to me. It could be months later, it could be years later. And I'll look and I'll see like, oh my goodness, I'll hear some words that I've said to them years ago. I'm gonna give you a perfect example of that. I used to do a girls group at Mount Royal. I had a student, she was off the chain. They were always sending her to me. And I was just like, oh my God, like get it together, right? Mm. Fast forward, I'm at Mount Royal doing another program years later. This young lady comes down, walking down the hall and I recognized her and I spoke to her and she's walking. She's like, I, I called her by her name and she's like, how you doing? And then she stopped in her tracks and she turned around and she was like, oh my God, mind you, she's grown now. Mm. She comes running over to me and she gives me a hug. Mm. And she says to me, I work here now. You guys, put so much into me and y'all were so special to me that I wanted to be that 
for someone else's child. I was slayed right then and there. I was getting ready to do the ugly cry and just fall out into the floor. This is a young lady I haven't thought about in years. But to see her in the same school she was wreaking havoc in as a middle school student, as an adult, helping someone else's child. You couldn't have paid me to think that's where that would go. So my thing is to you keep trying whatever you think will work. Cause sometimes we don't see the results immediately. Sometimes we don't see the results at all. We just have to hope that we've made an impact somewhere. But if you don't try anything, it's guaranteed not to work, right? Right. You try everything you think is gonna work. You may see it, you may not, but you just have to hope that it will. I'm going to keep trying with you. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, you said I, I tried. You, this, <laughs> she wasn't told. <laughs> okay. But no, I, we, like, I agree. Like, like you said, like, you don't see it. Like, all it takes is for one person to make a change in one person's life. That person does another one. That person does another one. And I think, um, I don't remember who said it. It might have been a professor. It might have been G. It might have been, it might have been you, NJ Rich. But what the work that all of us do, you, what Baltimore Ceasefire does, anything that we all do, it may not even be meant for us to see the change. Absolutely. It may, it may be for it to be seen when we're gone. It's just the foundation that we are all supposed to lay in order to make it happen. Yeah. Even though I know we all would love to see it because everybody like to see their work and be like, you know what, I did that. And you, you can say I've done the work. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. have done something instead of sitting around like, oh, you know, you know, just just do something. Just do something. Yeah, I appreciate. I, I mean, this is. I appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate. Again, I will say anytime anybody responds to my emails and don't tell me that I have to pay them to come on and show. I love it. And I appreciate <laughs> it because I ain't got it. Um, Baltimore ceasefire. I became aware of, I don't remember if it was through Ike posting something or just scrolling through social media to have me follow, but I have been following for a while. Um, I appreciate what you all do. I respect it. Um, the fact, I mean, anybody that's boots on the ground and, and in it, you know, has my ultimate respect and anything that we can do here, or if some, there's something I need to post, you all have my email. Um, like you said, I'm gonna try to get this right. February, <clears throat> August, November. Hey, you forgot May. February, May, August, November. Absolutely. Well, we have a, a show calendar and I will put it on. Even if you only have 30 seconds to give us, if it's that weekend, I would like to make an agreement with you that you come on and let people know it's coming or have me put something up. Hold my feet to the fire is what I tell people all the time. I'm not above that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you that graphic with all mm -hmm. of the months on it so you can just flash it on the screen whenever you want. I appreciate that. Like, definitely. Um, so, Michelle... Shellers, co-organizer, Baltimore Cease Fire. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time tonight and everything you all do. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys.
I and I can tell y'all organized because when I sent the email, they were like, oh, yeah, we, we got a representative that can handle that. I said, okay, I see y'all shaking the move. I said, okay. But yeah, we definitely appreciate it. And like I said, anything we can do to help, we are there. Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you. Real class, real class, real class, real class, real class, real class. You guys have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. All Bye -bye. right. So, Cooley and the Gang Show, Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m. every Friday. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit that share button. Um, we are about to do our, our little final call. Uh, Mayberry, ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first, uh, anything on your mind before we diddy bop? Shout out to Loon, Loon's home. Shout out to Loon, we ain't get to talk about that. Yeah, I did see that. Hey, shout out to Loon. Go ahead, Maybear, I'm sorry. No, I'm just, you know, just everybody be safe, enjoy your weekend. You know, don't be out. I think I'm going to start connecting with you before the show so I can know what you want to talk about first because I can be prepared because I have not been mentally or physically prepared for anything that you want to speak about the last two weeks. Why are you making it sound so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I just bring the topics. That's what my job is. I'm supposed to bring the, bring the topics. But no, everybody just, you know, be safe. Um, remember the time. You know, be empathetic and understanding to situations and what people got going on, you know. Find time for the people that you don't see to love on them. And um, stop cheating, y'all. You know, just <laughs> eat. You know? It's time to go. It's time to go. Sometimes people just expire. You know, when they expire, you got, you know, just more, you know, and they don't need to cheat, though. So. Okay. But all right, that's all I got, guys. Yay. NJ Rich, my brother, thank you for <laughs> heating the call. I am sorry that I was a little late with it. Um, I do apologize, but anytime I, I would appreciate you stepping in as a friend of the show, co-host, uh, we definitely appreciate it. W what's your final thoughts for tonight? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, first of all, thank you once again. Uh, I will continue to try to support in whatever function I can support, but for everybody out there uh, listening, vote. Um, if you don't vote, you can't afford to say anything. Um, Vote on all levels, local, state, and federal. Uh, regardless if you may not agree with everything that person's platform represents, vote your best interest, whatever that best interest is. Go through your life. If it's not about your life, think about your children's life. If it's not your children's life, think about your parents' life. Think about somebody and vote uh, so that the lives, your life and the lives of those that you care about uh, can be uh, greater fulfilled. So, uh, you know, peace and blessings to everybody. Professor. Chicken box and a half and half. <laughs> hey. uh, no, so two things. First thing I want to say is I agree with, uh, with what Nick just said about voting, but there is one thing I want to add to that real fast. I was watching something maybe about two years ago, two or three years ago, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he brought up a really good point. What he said was voting shouldn't be like you're picking the prom king or queen. He said you should be doing your own research on the candidates. He said if you aren't going to if you are not going to do the research on the candidates, the best thing you can do is stay home. Do not 
vote if you are not going to do the research. All right, do the research and then step out there and do something. So that means you have to actively be involved. Don't just come out and say, I like what he's wearing today. I think he's gonna be the one. That That's craziness. All right, um, the other thing is, um, um, I, I, I say this in a lot of my posts, but we gotta help each other. However you do it, we gotta figure out how to help each other. Um, you don't have to be in a desperate situation or in a bad situation to, to talk to somebody or, or um, ask for some, you know, some sort of conversation or help. You might just need a venting moment. You might need to, I don't know, uh, get some advice on some scenarios that's going on in your life. Whatever it is, that conversation can mean the world to you in the long run. So please... Just remember, man, we, we, we have to be open. We have to be available to people. Um, I know some of you have seen it. Some of you haven't. That that movie that came out a while ago, what was it called? 13 Reasons? Y'all seen that? Mm -hmm. That's the show you watch. Right? No. Do you realize that in the beginning, all she needed was somebody to talk to? Oh, yeah. It is. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's really what it all boiled down to. She really just needed somebody to talk to in the beginning. In the beginning, that's what it, what it was all about. And the people that she went to was not available. So me first, mental illness is real, number one. Number two, you gotta be available for people. We, we make so much time for bullshit. We gotta make some time for some things that matter. Hmm. Oh, real quick, real quick, Mike. Yes, uh, let me give a shout out to the professor. I've been following the dude on, on Facebook and I see him changing the eating habits. See him out there with the spinach and the cooking and everything, you know. So, so let me just go ahead on and, and, and say, you know, don't congratulations. Up. Please don't get you know, Come on over to this 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 non meat side if you want yeah. to. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's it's we living over here. Yeah. So, so let me just big you up. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Trust me. I am. I'm on my way. I'm still. No more meat for you. Huh? No more meat for you. I'm. I'm. I'm still. I'm still weak. I'm still weak. I'm still, I'm still weak. But I am, I am transitioning into a vegan lifestyle soon, very soon. And and I'll tell you, um, I have so many great people around me that that are vegans, uh -huh. and I've had so many conversations, and I have a great understanding of a lot of things. I have a health book that is really good. I I have. Uh, talked, I have talked to different people about the lifestyle. I've been to events, vegan events. I've had, I, down in my refrigerator, I have more vegan products than I do meat. To be honest with you, the only thing that I will eat within that period of time when I'm, when I'm going to eat meat is turkey. I'll eat like a turkey burger or something like that. But otherwise, I don't really have the, the taste for anything anymore. Like even not too long ago, I went out on a limb and I had some chicken wings. I haven't had chicken wings in I don't know how long, but even that, I was so disappointed in myself. I said, man, why did you eat that shit? I didn't even like it. I was I was upset for two reasons. First of all, it was fried. Second of all, it just it just wasn't the same. It's a whole nother thing. And like I said, I have a I have a different understanding about meat now. And I'll give you all this understanding to make your stomach hurt too. 
No, not tonight. Have Thank you. Night. Okay. Night. All right. Um, <laughs> every Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, thank you again to Michelle, Michelle Schellers, um, co-organizer of Baltimore Ceasefire. She has already emailed me everything that she says she would. Michelle doesn't play. She's on her game. Um, I appreciate we appreciate her for coming through. Um, I appreciate you all again for uh, tuning in. I appreciate Mayberry, NJ Rich, the professor, uh, Mac, Big G, uh, for just rocking with me. Glam Shan, love you, boo. Yeah. Hold up, hold up, y'all, before you go. Before you go, yo, one other thing I wanted to, wanted to uh, tell you. Uh, you know, you know, meat has mucus and pus in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you do know that, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you can't mute his microphone. Mute his impasse. Can you shut and up? You, and you Thank y'all for tuning in tonight. Thank you. You are tuning in the Don't forget the Milford Mill, the Milford Mill crab feast is coming up. Please. <laughs> Uh, the milk, the football coaches, grab the crab feast is coming up. Hit my guy up, Coach Johnson. Hit him up. Support the Milford Mill crab feast. Uh, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in. We will see y'all next Friday. Our guest will be Positive K. We had to change the date, but he'll be on with us next week. Uh, be safe. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Pull up on your bitch and turn your bitch into a group and raw. 